And we are rolling. This is the Ball and Roll Pick and Pod. My name is Rich. Packed episode for you guys today. We are recording on February the 27th. As always, be sure to check out ballandroll.com for the best basketball content on the web. Shop.ballandroll.com for the best basketball merch on the web. If you haven't already, I was on the Toronto Sports View podcast with Connor Chambers the other day. Great conversation. Go check it out. And now let's get to it. Lots to discuss. Kevin, what's going on, dude? You know what's popping over here? Kobe White, he's turning up. Three back-to-back back games with 30-plus points. First rookie since Michael Jordan uh, as a Chicago Bull. Uh, no, first rookie since Michael Jordan to do that, do that in a Chicago Bull uniform. That's greatness, man. That yeah. speaks for itself. His big things happening in Chicago. So, of course, I'm on I'm on cloud nine. I'm doing great things. I'm waiting for Kobe White to get drug tested just like Bradley Beal. So I'm just waiting for that. Uh-huh. I, I actually personally sent in the request to NBA because I got to make sure my boys keep it straight. <laughs> so <laughs> I keep it in check. So And Christiana um, Felicio, too. So I got to get that boy on uh, a drug test, too, because uh, he's been running the floor real well lately. So I got to keep that boy on check. <laughs> but uh, other than that, man, um, living my best life. Went to the Otter Showdown in Toronto. The other week, you know, you know, Toronto, Richard, do you remember that city? It. You've heard, heard of it. it. Yeah. You know, one of the greatest cities of all time has uh-huh. uh, the Blue Jays, one of the greatest baseball teams of all time. You know, you remember the Jays or is that like old news for you right now? That's old news, but old actually news. I'm going to be, see how I'm, 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 I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be flying down to, uh, flying up, I guess, to Toronto yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, so. Yeah. Pretty excited to come up there into the cold. That's awesome. uh, how you doing down in Texas? How how how? how dude, every, every everything everything's good, man. Works good, life's good. Uh, I there is like a thing that made me really mad today, but we can talk about that a little later. Um, before we introduce our guest, we have a guest for this episode. Um, can I just? Yeah, we do. And can I just say that? Imagine being so good at something that they have to drug test you for it. Yeah. You know, like with Bradley Beal drops 50 and 50 and he gets drug tested. Imagine being that good at something or like that you no, have to get drug tested. The thing is that, I mean, OK, let's just introduce our guest first and then we'll talk about this afterwards. I don't want to keep my dope. boy waiting over there. Dope. Sounds good. We got Adam Corsair from the South of the Sixth pod. Adam, can you ever imagine being so good at something that somebody has to drug test you? That's the beauty of being not good at anything, because I never get drug tested. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's one way of going about it. Yeah, I feel you know. like I feel like it's not about us, all of us, just not being good <laughs> enough at something. I feel like we're just all living life on the average, you know, because then nobody's going to expect too much from us. <laughs> if we ever mess up, well, we're living our life the average way, you yeah, know, right, right in the 50th percentile. That's where I am right there. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, uh, yikes. But <laughs> but also at the same time, like no disrespect to Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is arguably one of the one of the best guards in the league right now. Um he's very talented. He can score at will, but also at the same time, we have to understand the reason why he's scoring fifty is because of the team that he's on. Like the second best option on that team that's scoring right now is Shabazz Napier. That's you know, at best uh a good role player off the bench. And I'm just David happy he can afford food. That's a thing, right? He's got a spot. And uh, Rui Hachimura <laughs> is also in the starting lineup. That team is not that good. So when that happens, uh, Bradley Beal has the opportunity to do that. And they, you know what Brooklyn was running on him, which kind of slowed down the 50 yeah. points, and he only dropped 30 points. Brooklyn ran oh, yeah, the box and one on him. Box and one on him. Shout Making out to notes. Nick Nurse. But uh, even with that, he dropped 30 points. Like, that's that's just the thing. A team team sucks. When that happens, you can go out and do all, do that whenever you want. It's the same way as Trey Easy. Trey Young's the same way. His team sucks, yeah. but he's like dropping like 20, 30 yeah. points a game. Because who the fuck else is he going to pass to and shoot? Exactly. You mm. know, Cam Reddish but, is trash. But, Kevin, you said that Bradley Beal still scored. Okay, I'm not even going to. I'm joking. I'm joking. Cam Reddish is a stuff. Um, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, but you Bradley. said Bradley Beal still scored 30 points, even yeah. though the box and one was on him. So, yeah. It, it, for all the people who were complaining about the box and one last year when the Raptors played it and how they like neutralized Steph Curry at certain points, I guess that means that the Raptors are also just a good defensive team because mm-hmm. Bradley Beal still scored 30 points. Yeah. On a team that boxed and won him. So, yeah, that 
That says a lot about the Raptors. And we're going to talk a lot about the Raptors today. We're going to talk about their game against the Bucks. We're going to talk about the Eastern Conference playoff picture. Let's gonna, that's actually Are we going to talk about the double belt intro? We're going to talk we're going to talk about Drake. We'll we'll fit everything in. But first off, um I don't want to hear from you Kev. I want to hear from Adam. Uh you pr- you definitely watched that Bucks game. What were your main takeaways from that? Uh, it was uh it was a tale of two halves, right? That that first half, I was super confident in the mm. Raptors. I even, yep. you know, uh talked a little little junk on Twitter to Bucks fans. I was so confident. Um and then the second half, the Bucks came out swinging, completely neutralized the paint, completely neutralized uh Pascal Siakam and Serge Ibaka. Not that Serge really had it to begin with and uh just dominated that second half. Um, Mm -hmm. so I I don't, I don't know. I I think that this is just indicative of how solid of a team overall, uh, the Milwaukee bucks are. And, uh, this is exactly why they're on a dominant tear and they're the best team in the Eastern conference, much, probably much to the dismay of a lot of Raptors fans listening to that right now. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, um, Serge Ibaka was definitely not that good that game. He must've wore his scarf a little bit too tight before that <laughs> night uh, got started. I'm going to throw it over to Kevin in a second because he's probably going to provide some Raptor hate. But before you, you say anything, Kev, um, I think yesterday's game, uh, not yesterday, it was on Tuesday, I believe. I think that game was still, I think games like this are still important because like I've commented on the length of the regular season multiple times on this podcast i think it's too long i think there's a lot of meaningless games that just take up time i feel like these are the types of games that are good i don't think the score of the night matters that much like sure the bucks won great um it's a statement win for them you can just tell the way that game went it was not just your typical regular season game you can tell that both teams really wanted it but Going back to what I mean, the score of the the night doesn't really matter. I feel like it's more so the Raptors learn more about what their holes are in their game. The Bucks learn more about what where the holes are in their game. Because if the Raptors play teams like Atlanta, Cleveland, the Knicks, Bucks play the same teams, they don't learn anything about what kind of team they are. They don't learn about like where they're good, where they're not good, where they can improve, what their top competitions like. So I feel like games like this are important, and I think. Like we'll talk about this at length, but I think the Raptors have done did a few good things in that game and a, f- a few not so good things in that game. It's all just going into that mental piggy bank for Nick Nurse. But Kev, what did you think about it that game? The, the thing is that you really noticed um, the team missing Marcus All. I think sure. that was the biggest thing because I mean you you look at the shooting right most of the Bucks their scoring was inside uh, the three point mm-hmm. shots they had only fourteen shots comp- which is still good compared to Toronto's eighteen shots that they made from the three yeah. point line right but not just that like Marcus All being over there he's a defensive anchor he could just be that kind of brick wall inside which makes mm-hmm. a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo a little hesitant to come out to come in there kind of mm-hmm. keep them all a little bit outside right and I think that yeah. was the biggest issue but also. Raptors, I'm not sure if you kept up. Like, they're second in the league on in steals, averaging a yeah, little sure. under nine steals a game, right? But last night, they defensively, not last night, I mean, Tuesday night, defensively, they just seem, uh, they didn't seem coordinated enough. They were not getting into the passing lanes. They were not uh, grabbing the steals as they usually do. And Milwaukee just ran a tight game the whole time. Eric Bledsoe, he stepped up and he was able to just dissect the defense inside when he drove in and kick it out. And uh, Middleton, he was actually hitting up most of his shots as well. And Vincenzo coming off the bench, doing a little bit of damage here and there. Uh, Marvin Williams, he was hitting threes. And the whole team just kind of played mm-hmm. well together. Like The thing is that Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez, they're both able to even step outside and hit the three as well right now, too. So Milwaukee, mm-hmm. they're playing really well, propping themselves the number one in the East, securing that playoffs, uh, playoff spot right now. So I think, I mean, yeah, Raptors have a lot of uh, building to do in order to kind of match up with them going on to the playoffs. And I think when, once Marcus all comes back, it could be a whole different ball game for mm-hmm. you guys. Sure. And again, the Raptors also played without Norman Powell that night. And yeah. um, I mean, we, we've learned the past two times the Raptors met the Bucks in the playoffs and Norman Powell just flips the switch and he turns into like Kobe Bryant playing against these guys. And I can't wait till Nick Nurse activates his Norman Powell coupon when the Raptors play the Bucks in the playoffs. But um, 
I think the and I'll throw this back to you in a sec, Adam. But um, I think the Raptors showed a, quite a few good things with in terms of containing Giannis. Like if you looked at his box score, it was nineteen points, nineteen rebounds, and eight assists. But he just didn't seem like he was just completely dominating that game. Like I think the Raptors were able to contain him to a certain extent. I think they gave him a ton of different looks with OG Anadobi at a certain point with. Um, with RHJ, they even used Chris Boucher as a health defender, and Chris Boucher blocked them a couple times. Like I think the Raptors did a generally a good job defensively in yes, that yeah. game. I think Chris Chris Middleton hit a couple of big shots, in the, especially in the fourth quarter when the Raptors are starting to make a push, and they were tough shots. Like there were some shots that he made that were really really tough. Otherwise, I think the Raptors played pretty well. Um, the reason I guess the Raptors didn't get uh, too much into passing lanes is simply just because of how much of, of an effect that Giannis has on that team. Mm-hmm. Like he he breaks down defenses, so then the yeah. Raptors have to they, they got to f- get to they still have to complete their rotations, and obviously they're going to be a little late at get, getting to their through their rotations because of how Giannis breaks down defenses. But I think overall defensively. The Raptors did some good stuff, and I'm I'm sure whenever Marcus Saul gets back and Nor Powell gets back, that the Raptors, like I think they're going to be okay. And at the very least, I think the Raptors show that they can compete with the Bucks. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I mean, I had no, I'm not panicking as a result yeah. of this game. I hope no Raptor fan is panicking. Um, no, I guess it's not. yeah, I guess it's twofold. The reason why I'm not panicking: one, because it's not a fully healthy squad. And like uh, you guys already touched on, I don't want to belabor the point too much, but no Marcus all, no Norman Powell, which I feel are difference makers specifically against the Bucks. When you look at Norman Powell, as you touched on rich, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like you can't really evaluate it fairly. Um, mm-hmm. not that, you know, this is a, uh, a, a loss that you can just toss aside. I'm not saying that at all. You can certainly learn from it, but it's still not a fully healthy Raptor squad. So it, it the, the disparity there may be a little bit greater than, Bucks fans want to admit. Um, and secondly, I just always thought the Bucks were a better team. And mm-hmm. like, I, I can't really be mad at the fact that the Raptors lost to a better team. I mean, mm-hmm. I've kind of been used to that my entire tenure as a Raptors fan in general. <laughs> but, you know, when you look at, yes, defensively, they played pretty well. Um, there were a few lapses in the third quarter specifically. But, um, you know, I guess my biggest problem was the shooting. Um, Raptors launched 52 threes. 52 yeah. And only made 18. I love. But, you know. That's, That's going to happen. I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, you know, attempts, mm-hmm. but like yeah. a lot of those were really good looks and a lot of them almost fell. Right. And mm-hmm. you can sway that into a couple of di- different directions. You never know what's going to happen. So maybe it was just an off shooting night for the Raptors for shooters mm-hmm. that are otherwise reliable. I don't know, but I, I just don't think that given the circumstances of this game, we can really give a, a true analysis of as to like, mm-hmm. is this the Raptors against the Bucks moving forward? I'm not sure. Yeah, for sure. I think the big thing, like the big thing with this game was the Raptors are trying to see what kind of coverages they can throw on Giannis. And I'm sure they learned a lot from what they can do to contain Giannis. So that's the main takeaway from that game. And just having a, a night where I can just focus on the Bucks playing an actual good team. You could see that the Bucks are very similar with how they defended the Raptors last year. The right. Bucks and the Raptors are the top two defensive teams when it comes to protecting the paint. And the and the Bucks, a little more so than the Raptors, um, are okay with giving up the three-point shot. Like you cannot score on the Bucks in the paint. The Raptors shot 52 threes, you said. That's by design. The Bucks aren't going to let you get inside. You have to take your shots. Like There are many shots in that game. Serge Ibaka was open a bunch of times. Yeah, uh, I mean, Matt Thomas, who's a sharpshooter, he had some open shots as well. Like Fred Van Vliet had a couple of open looks. He just wasn't making some. And the Raptors, they do take a lot of three-point shots, and they make a lot of three-point shots. And I feel like yesterday was maybe a little bit of an outlier. Maybe there was just a lot, a lot more pressure in the building, so they were just a little off. You know a what I mean? A guy like Serge needs to hit those shots. He was one yeah. for ten for that game, which sure. isn't good. But the bright spot, what I like to see was Chris Boucher. He was very confident. Oh, he was the free awesome. Line. He was hitting. He hit two of four, which is okay. Which is okay. It's a good start. That's great. But at the same time, just keep, just work on that. Just get, get him to pull up for those shots. Because a guy with yeah. that kind of a height and that kind of a frame, it's hard mm-hmm. for most defenders to block that. So once he's able to yeah. get more comfortable from there, that's the best mm-hmm. thing that could happen going into the playoffs. 
Yeah, and I think it also showed that Chris Boucher can play in these sort of matchups. Dude, like, can the, he ever? Some there, like, there were some defensive plays that he did was very impressive. Yeah, offensively as well, he just looked like he fit over there. He looked mm-hmm. like he's meant to be on that floor, earning those minutes, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. The the Raptors run like these polls and every single during every single game. And I remember a few days ago, I don't remember who they were playing. I think it was against Indiana. Uh, the poll was who's the best shot blocker on the Raptors and Serge Ibaka won. And I'm just like, oh, my God, no, it's definitely <laughs> it is definitely Chris Boucher. Yeah. Like it's not I feel like it's not even close. The length this guy has is like freakish. Yeah. It's insane. And um, that being that being said, um, Adam, like, what are you? What do you think the Raptors did here that was actually good, though? Because obviously they lost by double digits, but I think there were some good things here. What did you think that the Raptors could take away from this game and kind of build upon? Because they're still going to play the Bucks two more times before the season ends. They're, hopefully, they're going to play them again in the playoffs as well. Because it seems like the Eastern Conference is going to be going through the Bucks again. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think defensively they played very well, especially in the first half, as I already mentioned. Um, and they contained Giannis as much as you can without a guy named Kawhi Leonard on your team. Um, he still had 19 and 19, which is pretty ridiculous. But like you figure just 19 points from uh, Giannis, you'll kind of take that. Um, I think the defense was up to par. They were very sticky in the first half. Um, the only thing I just didn't like about the second half was the lazy ball movement. If they can just clean that up, I think they're going to yeah. be okay, you know, and a lot mm-hmm. of players I felt like were a little bit unlocked, which is good, right? Yeah. Uh, RHJ played with a lot of intensity as he always does. I love seeing that and mm-hmm. not being shook by the moment coming off the bench. That's very important. Yeah. Terrence Davis having a really bad first half, but then coming back, not even worried about it in the second half, mm-hmm. really turning up volume. Love seeing that too. And moreover, I like our, our, my preseason darling here, Matt Thomas, um, <laughs> shot the lights oh out. Oh my god! That's yeah. what you want to see. Like uh, defensively, he's sort of a liability, and like I, he's I horrible. Made, yeah, he is. I made <laughs> reference to that I, uh, during the game. I said you can't get beat. Yeah. Like uh, he got beat a couple yeah. of times, but he's mm-hmm. not out there to to be this lockdown defender. He's there yeah. to spot shoot, and he played his yeah, role sure. quite well. So you know you and so OG OG was not shook by the moment. Guard Giannis quite well. Um, I think there are a lot of positives that you can take away from this and that they can build on. And I think that, as we've already mentioned, once you have a fully healthy squad, it's going to look a lot different and the the rotations will be a lot different too. And so if the rotations are different and they can play up to their strengths, you might see a different Mm -hmm. story the next time they play. But I don't, I still don't know that the Raptors are a better team. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I agree that they're, I don't know. I don't know if they're a better team. I think they're, slightly better coach i think offensively they're a little more versatile with what they can do i think like the the raptors need kyle lowry on the court for yeah. them to be mm-hmm. successful like, but at the same time whenever kyle lowry's off you throw in fred van vliet you've thrown norman powell think the raptors can survive they can do they got pascal siakam who can create some stuff we we saw that with the bucks whenever Giannis left the court it just started slipping away like in that fourth quarter the raptors were Enter the fourth quarter. I think they were down like 14 or something. And two, three minutes, it was cut down to six points just because yeah. the Bucks just don't have guys who can create their own offense. And I think come the playoffs, losing a dude like uh, uh, Malcolm Brogdon is going to really, really hurt this team. Because if the Bucks lose in the playoffs, I think it's just that they don't have anybody else who can really create their own offense. Like Giannis is probably going to play 40, 42 minutes a night. And it's probably going to wear him down a little bit. But other than him, I don't I don't think the Bucks really have anybody who can create their own offense. Like, um, I mean, Chris Middleton kind of can. I mean, we watched him that night play against the Raptors and he hit some really tough shots, but he doesn't really do a no. great job creating his own space. He's not going to pick apart a defense. It's really just Giannis. Right. And that team is built just solely around Giannis and they're going to take a lot of three point shots and it's going to come down to in the playoffs. I feel like who's going to shoot better. If the Raptors and the Bucks meet in the playoffs, it's all going to come down to shooting because both teams are going to get, they're going to give up the, those open three point looks. They're not going to give up anything inside. So I think it's 
going to just come down to who's going to be more consistent is Brooke Lopez going to look like Steph Curry or is Fred Van Vliet going to have another kid and just completely <laughs> blow up you know um, that's what but, I was thinking that's that's what you need time every season nine months before yeah. playoffs you know tell yeah. Freddie to go get busy or Frederito to go get busy Frederico, <laughs> yeah. just have a kid every year it's, and you know more rings more money that kid's going to yeah. be set for life yeah. so you know think about it as a business plan Exactly, and it's Freddie is in his walk here too. Like he could, he's Frederico. About, Fre- Frederico, yeah, and uh, <laughs> uh, what, what, what? Oh my God, you just um, I completely lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? I'm so oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah, fuck you, you. I, 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 yeah, fuck you, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> Responsibility for that. Oh, one. oh yeah, well, uh, just oh my God. Uh, Said it was his walk. Words, words, whatever. But um, we're going to jump into uh, just general Eastern Conference uh, playoff talk. But before we do, just one last quick thing with Giannis's 19 point game. He, he made five of 14 shots and yeah. two of them were three pointers. And honestly, Giannis isn't that great of a three point shooter. He shoots 31 percent from the from the three from the three compared to 55 percent from the field. So, I mean. The Raptors are going to give up one or two threes from Giannis every game, and they got to take it. Like it's going to happen. Oh yeah. Do you think so, it was the, uh, it was the works of your global ambassador? Yeah, the, yeah, Drizzy, uh, Drizzy fired him up, but I, I love Drizzy. I mean, you He's can't hate on the guy. He he can. lives and dies by the city. He bleeds Toronto no matter what. Yeah. Wherever he goes, he wraps it up. He put. Yeah. Toronto on the map like he was there was Justin Bieber there was all that but at the same time like when it comes to Toronto and mainstream media the first thing that comes up is Drake Drizzy sure right that's that's the guy you need he hypes it up but also at the same time have a question you know sure Raptors you guys are like oh we want Giannis we're gonna get Giannis we're gonna get Giannis to come to Toronto wait Kevin 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 I'm not saying that wait before you finish that question before you finish that point it's not that we just want Giannis. Giannis wants us as well. I mean, so okay, I wouldn't go that, that far. Okay, shut up. That. Shut your bum ass up, okay? <laughs> Let me. <laughs> but uh, so let's just say the scenario. So wait, wait, sure. Adam, you don't want him on your team? I didn't say that. I said I'm not saying he's coming to Toronto. Okay. No, yeah, like if Giannis, if Giannis wants to come, I guess we'll accept him. I you want know? him on the team. I just don't. I'm sorry, think what, what, Richard? You like, said if Giannis wants to come, you'll accept him. Yeah, we won't say. I guess. I guess. I guess I'll have to just clear roster roster spot for him. I don't know who to cut. Oh. I'll make some. Sorry, room for Stanley. Me. You're 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 gone. <laughs> wow, I expected Patrick McCaw to be the first one to go. Um, well, that's your that's your championship chemistry guy. Yeah, I decided no yeah. slander on McCaw tonight. You know, so. Yeah, uh, leave him on the IR for the rest you. of the season. It doesn't matter. Take the twenty five k for resting players. It doesn't matter. I if can't hate on sick man. This guy's three for three for NBA championship. You're going to keep him on your roster no matter what. But so Giannis, okay, let's just throw the scenario at Uber way. So Drake started last night. There was this little incident where Giannis was, it came to the scorers board um, to kind of met a bloody mouth. And I guess Drake, you know, he was, he was feeling it. He was vibing. And then Drake started talking a lot of trash. Drake came into the game itself with a lot of heat, you know, two championship yeah. belts, which made no sense. One I get because of the one championship. I don't know why he got two, but you know, it is what it is. I'm gonna let it be. Came into it with two. He gave, I guess, um, your mascot one as well. <clears throat> and he was yeah. talking trash. And as Giannis was going back in, Giannis looked pissed. His face did not look happy. He looked at Drake and he said, shut the F up. Basically. As he was walking on. No, no, no. You say it's fine, but I say you're planting a seed right now. You know what happens to most seeds that you plant? You know, with enough water, with enough light, with enough, you know, love and care, it grows into a tree, a tree known as a beef tree. It becomes a feud. (laughs) It becomes a feud between the Milwaukee Bucks versus Raptors going on towards the future. And, you know, if the Bucks treat Giannis properly— and he uh, he loves the city and he participates in that feud, right? He wouldn't want to come to Toronto afterwards. He's gonna hate you well, guys. I would. For, first of all, yeah. Drake is gonna make make a song and it's gonna be a hit and it's gonna be called Giannis in 2021 and <laughs> everything will be forgotten. Right Look and and. Also, if the Bucks don't win a championship by the time he's a free agent, I don't think Giannis is gonna stay. And then on top of that, like who wants to stay in Milwaukee? Because uh, because LA is not Toronto. But LA is LA. 
look, we've confirmed that Giannis is going to be a Raptor in 2021. Can we just leave it at that we as science confirmed. and argument? Adam, Adam has definitely not confirmed that. As soon as Adam confirms it, I'm on the boat. Richard, you live in a delusional world at times. And it's concerning. <laughs> but yeah, if I were Giannis, first of all, I'm going to get paid no matter what. Why would yeah. I not want to go to like Miami or L.A.? Why? have proven what? track records who will bend over backwards for me and it's good weather why do i want to go to a country a city where six months of the year it's snow and cold freezing rain all that i want shorts what? weather if i'm Giannis. see i i can't get behind the fact that la has a proven track record recently i can't I mean, get there recently. come on we go there look at the banners uh you got oh, magic sure. come out sure. your hand and be like, Yo, one so day why is he over there? So he should go to Boston Dude. then, too, right? Dude, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, Boston too. I would no, go no, to no. Boston. No, he ain't going to Boston. I, would, I wouldn't want to go to Boston. I wouldn't want to go to Chicago. No, anyway, anyways, anyways, See, that they got take... deep dish. You got some deep dish pizza. <laughs> you got some well, beef got... in the bowl. You got some dip. It was a dip beef. You got some of that, you know, they got Tommy guns. They got, <laughs> they got... it's also known as a shy rack. So if you want your street cred to go up, you can do that. <laughs> but also, I mean, you can go over there, partner with Joakim Noah, who has a great foundation for inner city kids and build up your, you know, philanthropy. Wow. Everybody wow, turned this Kevin. off. Everybody turned this off. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Kevin. You're going to these lengths. Um, I need, we're, we're I gonna, need well, Chicago needs to hire me as a global ambassador. I got this in the bag, man. I'm telling you. Um, well, um, <laughs> I'll bring Giannis and Niemma Bielitsa by 2022. 2020, yeah, 2022? That's yeah, yeah, but 2021, I guarantee. Yeah, they, that's a powerful contract. That's a powerful I got you. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, let's let's uh, kind of Jesus, let's kind of jump. <laughs> I yeah, love it. Uh, <laughs> let's kind of jump ship a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the Eastern Conference playoff picture. It seems like there are six six teams that are pretty much the cream of the crop in the Eastern Conference. It's the, the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, and then you have the Heat, the Sixers, and the Indiana Pacers. I think the Indiana Pacers are good, but I don't, clearly they're not that good. They got slapped by like, close to 50 points by the Raptors. The Sixers are sputtering right now. They lost Joel Embiid to a shoulder problem. Ben Simmons went down with a nerve issue. And then the Miami Heat, who it seems like a lot of people love. Mm-hmm. And I think they do have a nice roster. I just think they're very, very young. But the Heat have lost like 14 out of their last 27 games. So... I'll go. I'll I'll ask you this first, Adam. Do you think um, the East is going to boil down to three teams between Celt- the Celtics, the Raptors, and the Bucks? No, I Are think you those... not buying it to the the Celtics. No, I do. I do. I no. I think that Miami will still hang in there because if I've learned anything from last year's playoffs, I will never doubt a team that has Jimmy Butler on it. Yes. Ever. You know, I yes. I just. I am uh, a closet Jimmy Butler fan, yes. and um, I, I just think that the guy has ice in his veins. And once the playoffs happen, something turns on in him, and he's just he's just a killer. And uh, I, I just think that I'm not saying the Miami Heat will necessarily go far, but I'm not at all discounting them. In fact, I give them more of a shot over Philly and Indiana. Um, I know I've said time and time again, don't sleep in Indiana, but it just doesn't seem like at this point we can probably say they're not meshing well. Um, Brooklyn's out of it, Orlando, whatever. So those top four teams, as they are right now, I think that's what you're going to see in uh, mm-hmm. round two of the Eastern Conference uh, playoff scenario. Mm-hmm. For sure. And the thing with the, just the thing with the Heat, um, obviously they have Jimmy Butler, and there are many times where Jimmy Butler can bail out a team. But I just question the young players they have on that team. Like Tyler Hero hasn't played playoff game ever in his life mm-hmm. Kendrick Nunn has and um I mean Bam Adebayo took a big step forward this year how is he gonna play in the playoffs I don't know so there's just a lot of question marks there just because of the youth and I think I think the Bucks uh, that he can get to the second round but I just don't know how much they can do past that I don't I don't think Jimmy Butler is that guy who can just will an entire team himself against mm-hmm. teams like the Celtics um the Bucks and the Raptors and 
Personally, I, I think the Celtics are really good. I think God's will, uh, Jason Tatum is the second best player in the East right now. Like po- post tattoo, dude, post tattoo, what is, post what tattoo, Jason Tatum, do? not even tattoo post beard connection. Did you, he had that. a patchy beard before, but finally once his beard connected, he is turned yeah. on dude. He is something else. Jason Tatum against Lakers was yeah. insane. Dude, he's I mean, we knew, we knew he had this in, in him. Yeah, we knew he had this in him, though. Like, Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. we knew he was a good player, but yeah. it's, it's finally clicking for him. Things are working. That team is gelling. And it's kind of been happening when Kemba Walker has been sitting out and Marcus Smart has been running the point, and that kind of helps um, uh, Gordon Hayward as well step up a little bit. And that team is actually working really well right now. Right now in the East, those three, the Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, they're locked in. Miami, I love Miami. I love Jimmy Butler is my favorite player. He's my favorite player no matter what. But the only issue is that throughout his career, when it comes to the final shot Mm -hmm. to tie the game or to put the game uh, or to win the game, he is one for 15 so far, and he he's a baller. But the thing is, on Miami, I'm still not going to count them out, but Richard is so correct. He nailed that um, um, nail in the coffin over there. It's They're too young. They don't have that extra little push. But you never know with Andre Iguodala being in that mix right now, being that little bit of a veteran experience, if they can help. They also have Eric, Eric Spolstra, who's a proven coach. So, you know, they, they're still in the mix. And... Uh, Adam, you're so right with Indiana, how they're not gelling properly right now. The issue is that they have two amazing big men, Sabonis and Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that Sabonis, they're playing Sabonis mainly inside right now. I'm pushing Miles Turner, who's a seven foot, I think seven, one or seven, two out in the three point landing. He always has a camp out there and he's not meeting his full potential out there. He can hit the three once in a while, but when you have a guy with that kind of athleticism, that kind of size and frame, you want him kind of inside. Yeah. Just to kind of control the pain and everything. And he's not able to do that. And Oladipo just coming back from the injury. He's having good games here and there, but it's not consistent. He hasn't mm-hmm. kind of finally broken into it. So I think East is kind of locked with Milwaukee, Toronto, and Boston. Mm-hmm. Boston is balling right now. Toronto is – they're balling. But once the injury is kind of set um, – kind of uh once you get past the injury problems i think you'll be okay and milwaukee of yeah. course they're having an insane record and philadelphia yeah. is the weirdest thing man i mean they were favored i think today's game by seven points against new york they're whooping them right now but still um coming back That's from good. the all-star break all-star break was um you know ben simmons did well he played in the all-star game there was no issue at all but coming back from the all-star break you know you think the players are rejuvenated everything like that but he comes back first game itself he's out because of some back spasms Right, dude, and it's, uh, it's not, a, dude. It was it, it's a nerve problem. Dude, so you might problem, be out for a while. But at that time, because <clears throat> I, I have him on my fantasy team, right? So I got to keep make sure <laughs> I'm checking my lineups all the time. You know, fantasy yeah. it opens another uh, life for you. So he was coming up as back spasm. So he was getting trolled by everybody. You know, you know, had a little break. So Kendall broke his back. Whatever. So <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know where but, that came from. No, that was literally the trolling that was happening in Twitter. If you searched up Ben Simmons as soon as All-Star break was done, like that first game, it was all about Kendall Jenner breaking his back. But wow. anyways, so um, he was healthy and he came back. And then first game itself, he played uh, – first game he was back, played eight minutes, and then he was out. Now he's – out for an indefinite amount of time. And last night, Joel Embiid was a lot. I'm pretty sure it was last night. Joel Embiid, you know, just off ball. Uh, I think it was Larry Nance um, Jr. Just wrapped him up. Yeah. And then he bruised his shoulder. I, who knows he, how long he's out for. And Joel Embiid is known to have injury issues. So if both of those guys are out, I don't think Philadelphia is going to make it that far in the playoffs. That team is entirely built around those two. Tobias Harris, I don't think he has it in himself to take, what is it, Tibule and uh, Shake Milton and all those guys to the playoffs. Oh, so. Yeah. 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 yeah th- th- Thibault. But yeah. Um, <laughs> whatever. Tibule, Tibule, whatever, man. It don't um, matter. He's, he's balling, but, but still. Yeah, yeah, but we're going to roll with Tibule from now on. But um, I think, like you mentioned, how that team is you said the team is built around those guys. That's the problem with the Sixers. I don't think that team is built around their two stars, and that's the problem with Philadelphia. Like I think they're not going to. Sorry. I mean, I mean, I get it. They they do need more shooters, which they haven't gotten they, uh, when they, I got them. Dude, they they don't. They needed shooters. They didn't get them. They brought in Al Horford, who was horrible 
alongside Joel Embiid. Like now there's no, he's horrible. Off like it's bench. no, but yeah. now, he, now they're staggering them. Well, yeah. I mean, now one's injured, but they yeah. decide to stagger them. Like that was horrible. Uh, so I think that's Kukmas? there. Uh, gonna... He had, he, we're not going to talk about him, but yeah, the, the thing is with like with the Sixers is the, the issue is how Elton brand constructed that team. And I think um, like Joel Embiid's eventually going to come back. His, his injury doesn't seem too serious. And I'm assuming Ben Simmons is going to be back before the playoffs get going. I think their issue is that they're just not built properly around those stars. Indiana, they, I mean, they also lost Jeremy lamb the other night, uh, this, yeah. this past week. So yeah. it's another player that they have down Miami. Uh, but with these four teams, I think that one trend that they all four of them have in common is that they're all coached very well. And I think, my question, because we talked about a bunch of different teams, what do you guys think about the Celtics? Because depending on who you ask, especially like around Raptor Twitter, I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on the Celtics. And I think the Celtics are really, really good. And if, the, if say, the standings remain the same in the playoffs start, I feel like the Celtics can even push a team like the Raptors to seven games. And, I mean, if the Celtics even overtake the Raptors for the number two seed, I'm going to be – I'd be worried. Like, I think the Celtics are really, really good, and I don't think they're getting the attention that they deserve uh, from the Toronto Raptor crowd and, like, Toronto Raptor Twitter. What do you guys think? No. No? No, dude. All right, so. Dude, the Celtics are good. I got to pour some cold water on this. I, I know I'm in the region, and maybe I'm a bit biased, but. All right, so we are always operating under the assumption when it comes to, like, Teams like the Raptors or teams, I don't know, pick your poison. Uh, regular season. Mm. Regular season doesn't matter. It's a regular season. Everything comes out of the playoffs. Yeah. I see no sure. evidence. I see no evidence by how this team is constructed. You want to talk playoff uh, pedigree and playoff experience. Kemba Walker, none. Zero. None. Yeah, Not but he was with the Hornets. He's still arguably one of the best point guards in the NBA. Are we sure he's not going to get shut down? I don't know. I don't know that he can handle the playoff intensity. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Right. And, and he, he has no experience in it. Jason Tatum tunnel vision. He's playing like a baller right now, but the problem that he has, he gets tunnel vision. Same thing with Jalen Brown tunnel vision. I think that a guy like Brad Stevens is so outrageously overhyped that I just don't, he's never performed well in the playoffs. He's made it to one Eastern conference finals. One. One, sure. and that's it. He has not provided me any evidence that he can adjust mid-game and that he's good in the playoffs. Not not anything. And moreover, the Celtics bench, I know they're probably going to go like seven, maybe eight deep, but the Celtics bench mm-hmm. kind of sucks. Like, what are we afraid of when it comes to the Celtics? I'm not, I'm not afraid at all. We have, Nick <laughs> we have Nick Nurse managing this ship. We have Nick Nurse mm-hmm. managing this ship, and... Like, say what you want about that Bucks game, as we just said, but, like, he was crafty, right? And, and there's no doubt in my mind that Nick Nurse will outcoach the crap out of Brad Stevens. And if it ever comes down to a second-round Boston Celtics, or Toronto Raptors, semifinals, Raptors are taking that in six, easily. Mm-hmm. See, I, I hope you're right, but obviously I think the Celtics will go seven or eight guys deep. If in, in the playoff series and Marcus Smart and Enos Kanter will be the main guys off the bench for them. But uh, the thing with Boston guess. is... We'll guess them. We're going to go nine. Hmm? Yeah, but I the said, thing yeah, we'll with that is we'll, that I, they're not even giving Cantor that many minutes right now. They're they're kind of no. uh, bringing in Grant Williams and yeah. uh, giving him yeah. more minutes and reducing Cantor's because I think like, Cantor is... What I, was about, yeah. dude, what I was about to say was like, yeah, they're not offensively, they're not... Like you, don't, they don't have the names coming off the bench, but the Celtics have the the their top five in offensive yeah, rating and defensive rating in the NBA. They're third in defense. They're fifth in offense. Like this team got four legit. I don't know what you guys think about Jalen Brown, but I think he took a big step forward in his development this year. Sure. Gordon Hayward looks like he's a lot healthier and he's better now. Jason Tatum looks insane. And I think Kemba Walker is still legit, legit. They have four guys who can drop 20 points on any given night. And the, But here's the thing with the Raptors. I think a lot of – while, while not, not too many people in America are sleeping on the Celtics, 
I think everybody in America is sleeping on the Raptors. Like, yes. they, uh, the big complaint is that we don't have Kawhi. But I, I think what the Raptors continue to show, even in that game against the Bucks, is defensively, they're so good. Like, the I think the big difference maker, like, say the Raptors play the Celtics, I think the big difference maker for the Raptors is going to be that they have so many guys that they can throw on these wings that the Celtics have. Like, Jason Tatum is going to be... Like OG Ananobi is going to be on Jason Tatum the entire time, and I think OG Ananobi is one of the best wing defenders in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question about that. We have guys like uh, Rondo Hollis Jefferson, another great on-ball defender. Like the Raptors have so many dudes. I mean, Marcus Gasol will hopefully be back. He'll be anchoring the paint. Pascal Siakam is long, lengthy. He can take guys like like Jalen Brown. He can take guys like Jason Tatum. Like the Raptors have so many options that they can throw on teams, and even even against the Bucks, I think the Raptors can defend them pretty well, better than really any other team. So I think if I'm kind of going in circles here, but I think I think the Celtics are pretty good, but I I think it's going to be really really interesting to see how all the teams match up against each other in the playoffs. Comes down to coaching, but yeah, mm-hmm. comes down to coaching, yeah, and. And I think Nick Nurse is, has proven that he's the best coach in the Eastern Conference right now. Yeah, I wouldn't even put Brad at two. I think Spolstra is still two. Sure. And I, I think the big thing with coaching is you got to make in-game adjustments. And we've, we, we haven't seen anybody make in-game adjustments in that, like around the NBA recently like Nick Nurse. Like I think Budenholzer does a little bit. Like he did some, like, for example, that game on Tuesday, like he made in-game adjustments and the Bucks came out and played really, really well in the third quarter. But I think Nick Nurse is like, that dude's a savant. And if the Raptors, yeah, I'm dropping nice words. And if the Raptors just hit their shots, they're going to be in any game because of their defense. Mm -hmm. That's the big thing. Like the Raptors were down 11 points to the Bucks and you just never think that they're out of it, you know? Because they have that the, the defense necessary to make enough stops for their offense to kind of bring them back into the game. Can we all agree on that? Facts, facts. I agree oh, with yeah. that, dude. There we the go. Thing about, so, the thing yeah, about the Raptors is that, like, you're right. And I, I think they've done a great job convincing their fans that they're never out of it. Because I think they genuinely believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, um... And even that game, um, there are certain games that you watch and you're you're just like, oh, it's ten, it's six points or eight. The lead is like six or eight points, and but you feel like it's so much greater than just that because one team makes a little bit of a push and then the other team just pushes the lead back to like eight or ten points. That game didn't feel that way. Like that game felt like the Raptors were within striking distance the entire time. It didn't feel like the Raptors were just chasing the Bucks the entire second half. It seems like the, it, it seemed like there were certain like certain points, especially in the fourth quarter, where the Raptors like were really applying the pressure and the Bucks were kind of um, s- s- sputtering a little bit. And that's when like Giannis came into the game. Yeah. Yeah. But that being said, a um, couple more segments before we wrap this up. Uh, we're going to have Bucket of the Week. Uh, yes, before that, um, I wanted to touch on like one brief topic out in the Western Conference. Um, Zion played his first ever game against LeBron this past week. LeBron dropped like 40 points on, yes. on the, the Hornets and beat them. Giannis, uh, oh, whoa, Zion, whoa, whoa, Hornets. A bit. What year are you stuck in, boy? We in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, long, long week at work. I'm sorry. Uh, so guns. <laughs> exactly. Jesus. Oh my God. Um, I've been playing NBA live 2005 down here. So it's still the that's, that's me. first problem, boy. Um, but what do we, what do we think about Zion? Because he's, he's had already like a handful of games under his belt, close to 15 and he's bawling out of his mind. And so much so that there are people comparing LeBron to Zion. Do you, I'll start with you, Adam. You're the guest. Do you think those comparisons are warranted? What are your general thoughts on Zion so far? I don't think he reminds me of LeBron. I think LeBron's a little bit, well, not even a little bit. I think LeBron's way more versatile than Zion. Um, Zion, to me, is like, he's a great talent, and he's incredibly gifted. I just cringe when I watch him play because I'm like, you're going to get hurt. 
Like I, I'm just waiting for him to have a catastrophic injury just because of the intensity that he plays with. I know that he uses that to his advantage because of his size and his body type and all, and it's working, but I, I just fear that he's going to crank up the volume a little bit too much. And he's going to get ahead of himself and uh, gather up a, a pretty devastating injury. But if, if that's never to happen, and I hope it doesn't, um, I don't know, man. He kind of reminds me of Shaq back in the day. Like, he's got that big body. He crashes boards. He's ready to attack the rim. I love it. I, I just think he's he's such a joy to watch. But uh, in terms of the comp against LeBron, I just I don't see it. Yeah, I completely agree. Kevin, thoughts? Uh, you want thoughts about Zion Williamson, an absolute freak of nature? I have zero idea. My physics 101 in year one does not explain how he can get off the air with that much weight. There was one rebound where um, clearly, I mean, okay, granted it's Alex Caruso, but even Alex Caruso had the inside uh, for the uh, for the rebound. And then Zion just went above him and took it away from him like he's his father. Zion is just insane, dude. Um Whenever he goes up for a board, he's just as fast up to put it back in, and that that's what a lot of the defenders have an issue with, because they're used mm-hmm. to a guy used to a guy you know who comes down, and due to the lack of athleticism, they usually do the pump fake and then they go up, right? But this guy just mm-hmm. as soon as he touches the ground, spring he's up dunking. He he still had twenty nine points that game. I'm pretty sure against LeBron, but yeah, with no three point attempts or anything like that. But there are flashes mm-hmm. here and there on a few games where he's hitting threes. But it does look a little unorthodox. But he's still getting it off because the thing is that mm-hmm. with a guy like a guy like Zion, you can't play him too tight. Because the moment you play him tight, you know he's going to explode past you and get to the rim and score that no matter what. Because mm-hmm. if the moment he let him get any any kind of head of steam he's going for it so mm-hmm. when he, he's he he will more than likely get an open three-point shot which he will take advantage of and defensively too he's insane dude i i'm jealous i wish i had zion on my team but at the same time you you, you just have to admi- admire his athleticism though mm-hmm. i th- i think um like just my two cents on the topic first of all i think we got to stop comparing every big name yes. prospect who comes up to lebron james i think where it's just uh, you see this from the American media so much. Like they're just trying to find that next LeBron, because like yeah, of course you got got guys like Steph Curry and Giannis and James Harden, and they're all really, really, really good. But like LeBron's the best player we've ever seen, and I don't. Th- I completely agree with you, Adam, in the sense that LeBron was far more versatile than than um. Yeah, than Zion is right now. Like yeah. Zion, I don't think Zion's even made a three-point shot since his first game. No, no, like he made I'm, one the other day. Okay, so but I don't. Uh, sh- sure, I just don't. He he doesn't make threes. Like he had a really hot start in his first game, but since then he hasn't really made threes. So if I'm a defense, I would. Yeah, sure. Take take that shot. I'd rather you take an open three than f- fucking dunk on me. Right. right. Um, I think Zion's an incredible talent. I think he's amazing. I think there's so much more growth there. I, th- I can fully see him developing an outside shot eventually. I can see your comparison with, with Shaq just because they're sheer dominance. But we just got to stop just trying to con- compare all these guys with LeBron. That's just the way media works, though. I know. I mean, you got to look at I know. Even but before LeBron, so it was, who's going to be the next uh, Michael Jordan? Who's the next yeah. a new player that comes up? He's like, oh, this is young mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. And even after LeBron sure. came in, every rookie that was, you know, first-round mm-hmm. pick or high school prospect, yeah. they're like, next LeBron, next LeBron. That's just the way media works because we have them established as the greatest. Right? Yep. LeBron right now is the GOAT. So we're sure. just looking for the next Messiah. That's what that's the way it works. There we go. Yeah, it's not it's not Zion. I'm sorry. It's like not, it's not Zion. He's not. It's it's Kobe it's White. He is. <laughs> of course. Why are you laughing? Well, uh, well uh, on that note, I, I think I, if, I if think there that. was a joke, they would be done. But there wasn't because I was Yo, a bad ass over there. Kobe is I the did, next. He's I the truth. Wanna, I didn't want to put this out there, but you know the Bulls have oh. you know one of What's their up? last ten. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We don't want to talk about that. We'll talk about that next season. Don't worry about it. It's all good. You said it's they were making the playoffs, right? Huh? I mean, we still got a shot. We still have no. a shot. No, we do. We Realistically, we do. Well, we have, what, 20 games left? 20 games left. And uh, we're, I think, six games out of the playoffs. Uh, Orlando has oh. the... Um, Orlando has the eight seed. Uh, you never know. You know, they got Evan Fournier. He's inconsistent. Terrence Ross. He's, Playoffs, he's a bust. Hey, okay, dude, you're 6.5 games out right now. You yeah, played yeah, 59 games. You have 23 games left. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you have Kobe 20- is finally dude, clicking. Dude, 
that's outstanding. But dude, you have 20 wins on the season. Yeah, dude, it we takes do you it. like, dude, it takes you like a week to 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 get a win. It seems dude, like, especially we, lately. Okay, Richard, remember dude, where you're the, from, okay? You remember the Raptor days where you guys went. You know, weeks on weeks end without a win. Okay, empathize, man. Feel my pain over here. You gonna make a grown man cry <laughs> I, I, on a I Thursday apologize. night? There ain't no need for this right now. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the worst part forget. is Luke Cornett is now out for six to eight weeks. Do you understand the fact that Luke Cornett going out? The impact of that on me, and it's <laughs> sad that I have to worry about Luke wow. Cornett going out. That's how sad my season is right now. Dev, I'm telling you right now, mad people are Googling Cornette. <laughs> Cornette. He's a New York Knicks legend. He played, I think, a few seasons over there. He's a seven-footer with a three-point shot. Nice oh, hair. God. He's got great hair. It looks That's like he's got no purple hair. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's that's a perfect segment uh, segue to our final segment, bucket of the week. Oh my lord! We brought we brought, just... we, brought <laughs> we brought it back last week. Uh, I honestly forget who our bucket of the week was last week, but um, it was Cleveland Cavaliers, the whole squad. Oh yeah, right, just, right, 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 right. Well, the bucket and their past right, history. Well, right. Well, the bucket of the week for this week could be Kevin for the, what you just said about the Chicago Bulls, we but do it. You watch it. You're gonna be, okay, no, other 20 games, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting 10 games wins. It's oh, not going to be good enough, though. Huh? It it's could like, be. You never know. I mean, like, I, Orlando could just have just lose it. You know, Aaron Gordon being like, oh, man, they, they, the league is against me. They don't want me to win the dunk contest no more. They don't want me to do nothing. So they would just, Aaron Gordon would be like, I don't need to try no more. I'll just go play football because I'm athletic enough to be a good tight end over there. And that, you that's know, not how it works. That's huh? not how it works. So that's how it's going to work. He's going to go to New England. He'd tell Brady, he's like, yo, Brady, stay a Patriot. I'll be your wide tight end. You know, Gronk is out. I'll be better than Gronk over here. That's how it works. And Brady stays. We go for another ring there. Chicago makes the playoffs. They beat Milwaukee first round. Then they, you know, keep on going and then become ring two. I'm going to have two championships, a championship rings it's on my fingers. It's, it's, it's kind of sad that that is it's what a year has of for you guys right to have now. a chance. It sucks, man. But anyways, buck of the week. Um, we're going back to the Raptors. We got to go with Kyle Lowry for this one for going for attempting to go five hole on George Hill against the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think this kind of speaks to a bigger issue that I had that I've had with the with the Raptors lately. Um, I talked about it a little bit on um, Connor Chambers's podcast the other night, and I'm going to ask you this question. Um, Adam, because I think one of the big issues that the Raptors have is composure. Like we talk all all about about how professional this team is, how mature this team is, how experienced they are, but this team leads the NBA in technical fouls. And right now, obviously, it doesn't matter too much. But in the playoffs, when games could get tight, when things go right down to the wire, you cannot give up points. And more moreover, when a team picks up like that game when the Raptors are t- were taking those technical fouls at the second half with like especially with Lowry like you can tell that like they're the Raptors were starting to get a little rattled in that third quarter and you cannot seem rattled in the playoffs especially when you play a team like the Bucks when you play a team like um the Boston Celtics say the Raptors make it to the finals you cannot ever look rattled you cannot ever give up these free throws and you cannot just keep taking technical fouls what do you think? Yeah, it's never a good thing to just give uh, points away, even if it's just one shot. But uh, I guess my point is, uh, of those technical fouls that the team has garnered to lead the league, how many are from Nurse? Probably a lot. Yeah, but I feel I feel like it's it's kind of Nick Nurse tries to protect his own players, and sure, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of. Um, bad calls against the Raptors. A lot of teams get a lot of bad calls. I feel like Nick Nurse and Kyle Lowry have this relationship. Like, you know how a lot of people, like basketball people, say how the point guard's the extension of the coach on the on the basketball court? The Raptors, and like with Nick Nurse and Kyle Lowry, have that, where Kyle Lowry gets pissed, Nick Nurse gets on the, the refs and just yells their ears off. Nick Nurse gets pissed, somebody gets pissed, and it's Kyle Lowry getting onto the refs. I feel like they're literally between... Kyle Lowry and Nick Nurse, they have so many technical fouls. Like, so yeah. many. And you got to maintain your composure. Like, I'm 
you guys talk about it. I'm going to Google. I want to see who leads the league in tactical fouls. And right. I feel like it might be Nick Nurse and Kyle Lowry. Yeah. I wouldn't I mean, be surprised. It, it, does, it does bother me, especially when momentum is starting to shift and Kyle Lowry doesn't get a call he wants. He'll definitely complain and do like the Bret Hart, you know, what's going on, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of it, but I don't know, man. Like, I, I just don't necessarily think that's an issue because this is just the way Kyle has always played. Yes. And you know what you're getting. You know what you're getting when it comes to him. This isn't anything new. If this was a new development, sure. I'd be way more upset about it. But um, sometimes it does work. And more often than not, it doesn't. But sometimes it does work when Kyle will chirp in the ear of the ref and then later on there will be a makeup call. Um, it's sometimes. But... You know, Kyle did frustrate me in that game, especially with the complaining to the ref. There was no need for that. I even tweeted out. I was like, dude, shut up right now. Like, you need to stop. Um, but, you know, regards to the human nutmeg, dude, Nate Robinson did it and no one cared. Why can't Kyle Lowry do it? Well, like, Come Nate on. Robinson could fit, though. That's, That's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, right, Ky- Kyle Lowry, is, he's a chunk. He's, he's a, a chunky human, boy. Okay? And he's like 6'1". He's you know? a six one, but he's a thick he's a six chunky one. six one. Yeah, he, 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 he builds that six one. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, Adam is so correct on that. The thing what makes Kyle Lowry great is that passion. You know, him getting heated. If somebody pisses him off, him coming back and hitting that three pointer in, in his face, right? That's that's just the way Kyle Lowry is. But that also happens to be his Achilles heel as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that you know he's not getting the calls and he gets upset about that. So you kind of have to take it for what it is. It sucks, but you hope he stays composed through a playoffs uh, to the best of his ability, basically. Sure. Yeah, and it's it's the same reason why Golden State fans love Draymond, and it's the same reason why yeah. Celtics fans love Marcus Smart. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, and uh, so I did. I conducted some research. Um, right, right now, Nick Nurse leads all NBA coaches in technical fouls. Yeah. Uh, By how much, though? Yeah, like yeah, quite yeah, a bit. Like it's four. And uh, the uh, player leaders in technical fouls is not Kyle Lowry. It's, uh, is it from the Eastern yeah. Conference? No, no. It's How about this? Both of you guys, I'll give you guys a guess. It's not Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is second. Okay, is it the game. Eastern Conference or the Western Conference? It's the West. Ooh. Is it a guard? I'm not, no, I'm not going to tell you. Is, Kyle Lowry is it a guard well, or a full? Kyle Lowry has 12 technical fouls. The lead, the leader in the league has 14. You is need it, and is it a guard or a forward? It's a guard. Is it Russell Westbrook? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say Russ. Yeah. Yeah. And dude, there's a lot of Toronto Raptor alumni in uh in the top 10 here. We got Demar <laughs> Rosen's number five in the league in technical fouls of all time. No, oh, no, this is like number year. five this season. And sure. this might actually be a little bit of a surprise for you guys, but Jonas Valanciunas is in the top ten. Ooh. Yes, see that. He's a passionate he's, player. He's number eight. He's a man of passion, okay? You can't blame him for that. Yeah, dude, every time he got a foul called, you could always imagine hearing, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, Pascal like, Siakam's in the top. I... Yeah, Pascal Siakam's in the top 30. Really? Uh, yeah, really? he has five. Um, I, I, I thought I would see Serge Ibaka somewhere in here, but I guess not. But um, he doesn't get teed. He's too bougie he gets, for technicals, yeah, man. He get yeah, no, that's fair. But I guess something to be mindful of is if you get 16 technical fouls, you, you get suspended for a game. So yeah. Lowry is 12 right now. Don't get I your 16. Cousins or, or Dwight Howard had that once. I'm pretty sure. I think yeah. I think it was. It might have been either Cousins or actually Draymond Green. I don't remember. Draymond had but. it in the playoffs, yeah. yeah. Oh, Draymond, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying, if Kyle Lowry decides to pick up a 16 technical foul, make sure it's in the first round against the Brooklyn or, Nets. Yeah, yeah. Or the Bulls. Or before the playoffs. Or, the <laughs> or before the playoffs. That would be ideal. Before um, the playoffs would be best. You know, yeah. at, at that point, you don't have to get fined 25K for resting a player. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a business decision. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Yeah, I completely I completely agree. Uh, here's um, one sec. Here we go. Technical fouls by team by player. So it's Kyle Lowry with twelve, Pascal Siakam with five, Fred VanVleet with three, Marcus Saul with three. Does Serge Ibaka even have a tech? No, Serge Ibaka doesn't have a single tech. 
Yeah, he finesses, man. He 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 takes the referee side, and he's like, "My man, I'll get you a scarf later." But no, that was gone. He's very soft spoken, though. Whenever he uh, conducts with the referees, it's like that European touch, and he's very he like puts his arm over the ref, like he puts his one arm over the ref. Like he uses his hands a lot, so that's fair. Like when Serge Ibaka like talks to the refs, he uses a lot of his hands. Kyle Lowry just straight up like tears refs a new one. (laughs) He gets in their face and he's so intense. He's a little pitbull. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Lowry is actually—it's literally incredible. There's like five guys on the Raptors who have technical fouls this season. And but somehow also the thing that Kyle Lowry has earned the right to go and commit as many technical fouls as he wants. So. Sure. That's just the way you gave him the key to the city. He can do whatever he wants at this point. Fair. Fair. That's fair. Uh, one second. Let me see. We're going to go by. Yeah. So the Raptors players have, let's see, 12, 17, 20, 23, 26 technical fouls as players. As a team, yeah. they have 36 technical fouls. That's, <laughs> That's, right. That's just passion. That's, That's, just, passion. That's just passion. That's just strong. Grit. Yeah, we're 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 a passionate team. You're gritty. We're definitely team. A, yeah, we're uh, we're definitely a passionate team. So I'm um, not complaining. But on that note, we should definitely wrap this wrap this episode up. Adam, thank you so much for coming on board and talking some hoops with us. Um, this is now your moment. Plug yourself. Tell us what you got going on. This is your moment. I will plug a thank you first for uh, having me come on your show, guys. I always appreciate it, and it's always great talking rappers with you both. Uh, Rich, you are now more south of the six than I am, so uh, feel free to steal my brand, man. That's all you know. Um, that being said, you can find my work um, on, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, just search, uh, search south of the six. Uh, same thing on Twitter. That is six spelled the number six letters I-X. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I talk a lot of uh, Raptors during the game, and uh, we're recording this Thursday night. So tomorrow night, Mr. Peter K. of Life in Repeat and myself will be live in person, face-to-face, doing a face-to-face podcast in Boston, in my area. He'll be down here for a family event, and uh, it's going to be fun. And you can look for that uh, this coming weekend. But once again, guys, thanks for having me on. Adam, have you awesome. copyrighted your uh, trademark to your name yet? The, of course I have. So the, of course I have. You trademarked it. Oh, dang. Of course. Oh. I was so close to hitting my lawyer up right now to secure that. <laughs> that would be big for our brand. <laughs> of course I did. Come on now. I, I feel like, um, Kevin, if you ever leave me, which yeah. I have a feeling one day it's you're going to leave me. I'm taking the name with me, though. Yeah, uh, That's fine, but I will take South of South of the Six, and I'm going <laughs> to podcast. What if you do South of the Six, but like instead of the number six, S-I-X? I own them all. You own S-I-X too? I own uh, that and the number. You own just the number six as well? Mm-hmm. Go to southofthesix.com any way you spell it. I own it. Incredible. That it's is kind of like Adam knew that there was going to be a time where I go South of the Six. <laughs> Dude, that, was, measures, that was the man. most Mark Cuban thing I've ever heard in my oh, life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that just in impressive. case, just in case some troll wanted to take my brand and like slander me. Wow. No, I got it. I got all the Twitters, all the Instagrams. I took care of it, man. I got it. So like, I've heard of this one guy. Okay, last last thing before we cut off the episode. One guy, he has um, so the way he his job works. Well, not even job. His self employment works is that whatever money he gets from unemployment, um, he uses it to buy a city and a year. As a domain name, so basically he's gambling to see which city the Olympics would l- land on, or a big event would land on. So at that point, when that happens, they have to contact him to sell him <laughs> the city and the year. That so he brilliant. has like Tokyo 2020 to like 2030, and like he has like every city in the world basically secured. And it probably costs like a buck. A lot of money. <laughs> no, no, it really it probably only costs him like a dollar to. No. Get the domain, the dot com, and then he's going to sell the it for millions. Cities. Yeah, oh, that's true. That's true. it adds yeah. up. <laughs> but still, each dot com is like a buck, so yeah, like that, it's a good investment. That is true. But there is a science to his madness, though. He's like, okay, this city's economy is booming. You know, he could see that uh, the Olympics committee would think that you know that could help that city just yeah. push over the limit. But yada yada yada. So yeah, there is a science to his madness, but I think yeah, uh, comparing to yours, it's it's a brilliant move. Had to do it. 
Yeah, that's very yeah. smart on your end. Rich, have you secured um, all of ours yet? <laughs> no. Did yeah, you know? <laughs> you can, we, we should probably take care of that. I'm yeah, sure. Probably also not say that on the episode so people can't hear it. <laughs> um, yeah. By the way, fun fact, Olympics, the guy who runs the Olympics, his name is Dick Pound. Just a funny oh thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a guy in there. And, oh. Okay, Kevin, we got to wrap this up. We got to wrap this up. We'll talk about this later. That's anyway. a more of a segue. We can go on that for yeah. hours. Yep. Ballandroll.com, best basketball content on the web. Shop.ballandroll.com, best basketball merch on the web. Uh, go check out Dick Pound's book. He has a, he has a book. Go check it out. Uh, this has been the Ballandroll Pick'em Pod. Until next week. Peace.